0: going to hand this? All right. So in John chapter 15, Jesus says that he's going to, um, he's going to help our joy be full. It's going to be complete. So let me ask you a question and don't shout it back to me because I need you to think on it for a second. Don't shout your answer immediately. Don't give me the church answer. This is just a question between us. We're sitting down having a cup of coffee. Over here at uh, Ollie's, is it still open? Anyway, um, are you happy? Are, are, you, are you satisfied? Are you, don't speak it out because I don't want you to give it to everybody else, whatever you're feeling, this is just between us, so quietly just kind of, are you experiencing Joy. What I'm discovering is that most people I'm talking to have moments, but their life, they wouldn't describe it as a joy-filled life. They would say, I have moments where I'm joyful, I'm full of joy, but I wouldn't describe the general pace of my life, the general way of my life, as filled with joy. And I I believe that the church has the same challenge in many ways as the world because we've bought a lot of what the world sells to us. And then sometimes we try to take the world's ideas and put a little bit of faith in and mix it up. And it really doesn't work very well when we put those two worlds together. That's why Jesus invites us uh, to lose our lives. He says, if you want to save your life, what do you do? You've you got to lose it. If you want to become great in the kingdom, what do you do? Yeah, you, you end up becoming the servant of all. If you want to, to be really wise, what do you do? You become like, like a child. So in the kingdom, things are upside down. We have to grasp that if we're going to understand what he has for us in this life. So I want to read this again. John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me... I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Here is where I really believe I, in the past, have done people that I was trying to serve through teaching a disservice. What I said was, the way to be happy is to do X. The way to find joy is to fill in the blank. Give more do more, be more. And what I noticed was this. People were happy or joyful sometimes. But what usually would happen is you would, and I don't mean specifically just you, I mean people in general would say, okay, I believe that if I give more, I'm going to have more joy. And they would give more until the person And their family, their kids, whoever it was, responded in the wrong way when they gave them something really nice. And they spoiled the whole gift and in the process stole their joy. Are you with me on this? So it's like, hold on, I gave you this. You're supposed to say thank you and I'm supposed to feel good. That's how this works. And I do believe that's how this works. But if you're setting it up from that place, I believe that you're going to put an unfair expectation on a principle detached from a life of abiding in Christ. So I want to go back to the source, okay? If you get back to the source, then the rest of these things we talk about are going to make a lot of sense. But if we just try to apply principles outside of this is who I am and this is where I am, I think we're going to end up really frustrated and sometimes perplexed, bewildered, confused and wanting to walk away from the promises. And yet God has promises and we're going to experience those. as true, but we have to go back to this idea. So one more time, as the father has loved me, so also have I loved you. And then he says, abide in my love. What does that mean? well to remain to stay to stay in his love now just imagine that as the father loves jesus that's how jesus loves you same love so don't run from it instead abide in it if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full so this is a way you can think about this it's, it's helping me to consider the abiding life and the fruit that flows from it in this way you ever been on a trampoline you ever wanted to get off a trampoline as soon as you got on it A trampoline's fun when you're six. It's a little scary when you're in your 30s. It's like, is this going to hold my weight? That's the question you're asking as an adult. As a kid, you don't think about it. You just simply jump on it. So what has to be true to go higher? What do you have to do? You have to jump harder and you have to go lower. If you go lower, it sends you higher. Okay, so go back to John 15 verse 9. He says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Now abide in my love. Think about this. You're going deeper into the love of God. But verse 10, verse 10 shows up. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I'm going deeper into his love. And the result of that is that I'm springing back up in loving obedience. I'm going higher because I'm going lower. As I go deeper into the love of God, the outcome is I rise higher in loving obedience. And what happens when you rise higher in loving obedience on the trampoline with God? It's really fun. (laughs) There's a joy that happens in the process. Now, the higher I go, what happens? The deeper I go. (laughs) Do you see how this works? So what God wants you to do is he wants you to go both high in loving obedience, and he wants you to go deep in his love. But sometimes you're trying to go higher in obedience, but you're trying to do it outside of the love of God, and every time you end up feeling like, I'm really worn out, (laughs) because you've moved out of abiding. When I move out of abiding, I'm no longer experiencing the goodness of God with me. Instead, I'm trying to do it on my own. So abiding is we're doing everything with Jesus. I'm not just doing this on my own for Jesus. I'm doing it with Jesus because I'm abiding in him. So do you want to be happy? I was asked the other day, uh, this question, we were working on uh, a planning session for an organization and they're, they're trying to hit all these goals, but the guy asked a great question. He said, what would massive success look like for your organization in three years? Now, I like to talk about success, but he really got me going when he said, what does massive success look like? Because that kind of gives me a different picture. You can be a little bit successful, but if you want to have massive success, in the same way, what would it look like to have massive joy? And from John 15, what I believe we see is that loving obedience unlocks massive joy in your life. Loving obedience unlocks, it is the path to massive joy, which is why Jesus, right after he tells us uh, to respond in loving obedience, he says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So here's the tension this week, because it's Christmas this week. Merry Christmas. Here's the tension. Everywhere you look, you're being told that you need something new. You might need a new place. You need a new opportunity. You need a new situation. And what ends up happening for me is I start thinking, well, I need a, and if I had a new place... I would be really happy. And what Jesus is teaching us here is, I don't need a new place. I need to understand this. And here it is, just a simple statement that you can start saying this week. I am joyfully abiding in Christ. Because Christ is the source of my joy. So I am joyfully abiding in Christ. I know that they're saying I need new, but really, I've got the new. Every day the mercies are new. His mercies are new for me every day. His joy is new. His love is new. Every day it's new. I am new, and I am joyfully abiding in Christ. All right, if I'm joyfully abiding in Christ, something is going to flow out of my life. Something's going to flow out of my life, and Ron, I think this is where you're, you're going to like it, but this is where I really struggled, okay, because Here's my problem. I'm not going to tell Ron this. I'm just going to tell y'all this. My, my problem is this. I really like, and I'm not kidding about this at all. I love getting new stuff. My sister and I have an inside joke. It's more blessed to give than to receive. But it's also blessed to receive. <laughs> it's more blessed to give, but it's also blessed to receive. I'm okay with that, you know, I like new stuff, I like nice stuff, I don't like it when people are like, oh, I don't like it, oh, come on, we don't understand each other, because I, I like, I like going and getting some brand new Jays. I really do, haven't in a while, but man, I love when I got the, like, I, I, I feel like I can jump higher, I, I just do, I want to be like Mike. And you know what? A couple years ago, I've been driving this other vehicle for, for a while, and then I got a new car. And it was, oh, my goodness, I loved it. You know what happened about 10 months in? I was like, you know what? This is okay, but, man, look at that truck over there. <laughs> I think I need... And and I just start. I'm seeing commercials, and I'm looking. I get in my buddy's truck, and that thing, I mean, it's basically got a Hemi on it. And I'm like, man, this is what I need. I'm still in my car, but I'm still thinking about if I had this. And here's the tension: is that what you're being marketed every day? Is that you need? Not just to um, have a new situation or a new opportunity, but really it comes down to this. Is this season, and not just this season, but your life, you need to get more. And if you get more, you're going to be incredibly happy. You're going to be massively joyful. I believe what the Word of God says is, I am a joyful, I am a joy-filled giver. I, it's not just that I give so that I can have joy. I'm a joyful giver. That's who I am because of where I abide. I know you're telling me I need more, but watch, watch this. John 15, verse 9 through 11, I just read that to you. Matthew chapter 6, I think you probably recognize this. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your level of joy will have everything to do with where your treasure is. If your treasure is in giving more, your level of joy is going to be found there. If you think it's in getting more, then you're going to put all of your treasure there. But the problem is it's the law of diminishing returns. Because what's new quickly becomes old. I don't have to tell you that, right? But you kind of need me to tell you that today, right? Like I I had to read this and write these notes and I was like, man, I'm just... This is probably too honest. You shouldn't say these things when you're preaching. But I I was reading this and I was like, man, I don't know about this. (laughs) I am going to have to reorient some things in my life if I really believe this. Like, I'm actually going to have to. This is the problem. Like, you want to be more joyful, but you don't want to reorient your life. (laughs) It's like, what? what's the challenge here? Well, all my time was about me getting more entertainment, but now this says that I should be giving more because that's where my treasure is. My heart's going to be there, and so I'm going to actually put time in my calendar so that I can write some notes to to people. No, I'm going to start giving to other people. My life isn't just going to be about what I can acquire. In fact, when I'm in a conversation with you, it won't be about what I can say instead of it's going to be about what I can ask. Because I believe in this moment that the most important thing I can do is serve you. So I'm sitting down with you, giving you what I have. And here's the tension is a lot of times when we're at this place, we go, well, I would give more if I had more. God doesn't tell you to give what you don't have. Work with what you do have. If you got a smile, give a smile. You're like, I don't even have a smile today. Well, you know, just work on it for a second. Start with your eyes, kind of lift them up, like a little bit with, with your eyebrows. Next thing you know, kind of move move your lips side to side. All of a sudden, you're sharing something with somebody, and it's free. You know, in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 25, Paul says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. In Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is sending the boys out. They're going to go and get into the business of doing miracles. But he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, everyday life for the disciples, right? And then he says, freely you have received, so freely give. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing it now. I was receiving it all. It was a gift. I was receiving it. Since I freely received, I'm going to freely give. You know, in Proverbs 11 verse 25, it says, "He who refreshes others will be refreshed." It's like, man, I I feel a little tired. Great, fantastic. This is going to be an incredible opportunity to pull a Jim Roberts and call somebody and say, "This is the CEO." And you're going to go, "I didn't know I had a CEO," and he'll say, "This is the chief encouragement officer." I can't tell you how many times I've preached here, and then driving back, I'm a little tired, and as I'm driving back, I get a phone call, and he'll say, you know, this was great, and he goes through three things, then he goes, and I think what you wanted to say was this, and he gives me a quote, and I'm like, man, I should have called you before I got up there. That would, it would have been better. (laughs) Every time, it would have been better. I needed, I need a CEO, you know? You look at the people around you, they, they don't need a boss CEO, they need a chief encouragement officer. They need someone who can give to them. I need to get more, that's the idea, but instead, what we say is, I am a joyful giver. I'm giving more. I'm a joyful giver. I can't wait, because this week, this is the week when everybody's trying to get, I'm gonna give, and they might not even notice it. They might not even know that it was me, But I wasn't doing it so they would say thank you. I was doing it because I was given a great gift by God. I'm a joyful giver. I've got more. I've got more to give, you know. Oh, you're tired. I know, but I've got more to give. Is this stepping on your toes? Oh, okay, good. It's just stepping on mine. Like it is. Like as I'm sitting, like I'm I'm going, man. I'm gonna have to actually block out time to sit down and write notes. I'm going to take my phone, and instead of going to social media, I'm going to think, who can I text an encouragement to today? Isn't that simple? But how many times does somebody just need a simple, kind word? I need to get more to be happy. No, I'm a joyful giver. Kyler and Ashley, they were over in Switzerland. They're having a great time over in Switzerland. How could you not? You're having a great time in Switzerland. But they hadn't been in Switzerland before together, and so they meet a lady, and her husband was in the hospital. He wasn't doing well. Her name's Binsley. And she shows them all over, takes care of them, gives them a place to to stay, stocks it up with food. I mean went above and beyond while her husband was in the hospital. She just happens to be a follower of Jesus who has oriented her life around giving. A few years later, Kyler and Ashley have a daughter. What do they name her? They name her Binsley. The one who refreshes others will be Refreshed. What does it mean when you give of yourself for a week, but then somebody gives their kid your name for a life? Because it's a generosity. How much joy does that happen? I took a picture the other day and sent it to, sent it to their family and said, look at Bensley over here worshiping. Because that's a legacy of generosity. Loving obedience is the path to massive joy. Okay, so all of this is flowing from abiding in Christ. You know, there's a, there, there's a great story about the chicken and the pig. Y'all have heard heard about this one, right? They were walking by. Church was taking contributions for a breakfast, and um, the pig got excited. Said, I, "I think we I think we should get involved in this." And the chicken looked at him and said, "I think so too. I was thinking maybe we could supply ham and eggs," and. The pig got offended and said, whoa, slow down. For you, that's a contribution. For me, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> it's a sacrifice. This is where it's really challenging. Is It's one thing to say I need to get more to be joyful. That's another thing when we realize... What I'm actually believing is I need, if I'm going to be happy in life, I need to put myself first. And you know what? I think sometimes I deserve that because there ain't nobody else looking out for me. Nobody else is trying to make sure that I'm doing okay today. i walked by 10 people and said hi. Not one of them looked at me. They weren't thinking about me when they waked up. You know what? I think I'm just going to do me. I think I'm just going to live my best life. I think I'm just going to get a little bit more because nobody else is going to put me first. I need to put me first. Now, none of us would ever say something like that, right? That that's, that's what's actually going to finally get me to a place of joy in my life. I need to put myself first. I want to give you a different idea and it's, I am joyfully sacrificing because I put Jesus and others first. I am joyfully sacrificing because I put Jesus and others first. In fact, I can't abide in Christ and not put Jesus and others first. I just can't. Because when I'm abiding in Christ, I know exactly whose life I'm in. I'm in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm in his life. And To this day, he is interceding for his people. You think about that. You think Jesus' work was done at the cross. I get it. Your salvation is secured. But right now, he's at the right hand of God, and he is interceding for you. Like, he is still working on your behalf. In fact, he's working all things together for your good in every situation. I need to get more to be happy. No, I am, I am a joyful giver. I need to put myself first. No, I am joyfully sacrificing because I put Jesus and others first. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 gives us a window into this. Some of you knew where we were going here when we started today. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I believe this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I believe that every time that you give your life away for the sake of love, I believe that in that there is a joy that you can't have any other way. And I also believe that when you give your life away, there is a shame that you will be open to. And this is why a lot of us don't give our lives away. For Jesus, it was the shame at the cross. For you, taking up your cross it may just look like you're not going to get everything that you wanted in life. And people are going to go your life doesn't make a lot of sense. And it may it, it may look like taking some really hard criticism sometimes and responding with kindness. But Jesus for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. There was a shame there but the joy was greater than the shame. Because the love was greater than the shame. There's always something that the enemy wants to throw at you when you start giving your life away. You're not getting good enough. Nobody's going to look out for you. Nobody's really going to take care of you. And yet, what I discover is when I'm abiding in Christ, I am joyfully sacrificing because I put Jesus and others first. You know, John chapter 15 it's all just one conversation from John 13 to John 17. But the setup for John 13, excuse me, John 15, is in John chapter 12. Now, you remember what happened in John chapter 11. That was when Jesus brought back Lazarus from the dead. Now, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And here it was six days before the Passover. It says in John chapter 12, verse 1, that Jesus came to Bethany. And there was a, there was a big dinner there. And Lazarus is there and Martha's serving, but it says then in verse 3, Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. And we discover that it's costly. Like this wasn't just an easy gift. This, this was sacrifice. This, this, this could have supplied a lot of different things. And Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Let me read this again. John 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And I wonder if right then if Jesus just inhaled. And as he did, he could still smell the perfume of the gift because it was right after that this happened. The lingering scent of sacrifice was still on Jesus as she was preparing him for burial. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. For this joy set before him, he endured the cross. There was an anointing. There was an anointing that lingered. It was sacrificial, and I believe what Jesus is inviting us to do is to courageously, audaciously, in an over-the-top fashion, waste it all. That's what the disciples said. You're wasting it all. And Jesus said, it's a wonderful thing when you waste it all because you were giving it to me. Because it was never wasted. It was never wasted. Every second was remembered. Every moment that you showed up, when you felt like you were sacrificing too much, he saw it. You were pouring oil on his feet. You were giving more to him. Why? Because I am a joyful giver I am joyfully sacrificing because I put Jesus and others first. And that's what they taught us from a young age, right? That's how you spelled joy. Jesus, others, you. Jesus, others, and you. My friends, it's not wasted. There's not a sacrifice you've ever made for the kingdom of God that he doesn't see. And when you have nothing and yet you give everything, how much joy then? How much joy then? I believe that God wants to give you joy today. And it's not just by you going out and giving everything away, but it begins with you going, I'm going to abide in you because you give me a joy I can't get outside of you. And I'm coming here. I'm coming to you, Jesus. And I'm gonna start there. And from that, I'm gonna be a giver. I'm gonna be sacrificial. I'm gonna make my life about others. Like, what if, what if you did that this week? What if you just leaned in and said, Jesus, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bite. You don't even have to go all the way through this week. Just imagine this afternoon. I'm abiding in you. And I'm looking to the left and right in the people around me, I wanna give. What, what might happen? Can you imagine how the interaction goes? Can you imagine what might happen when people start crossing you? And instead of getting angry, you actually give them another chance. Can you imagine what happens when this year you might have held back a little bit more, but instead you give a little bit more so that you can really bless somebody else around the Christmas season? And in the process, you're the one who's receiving joy. Hey, the joy is in Jesus. If you haven't made a decision to follow him, you can do that today. You can be baptized in him. If you want to be filled up with fresh joy, we'd love to pray for you today. Whatever your decision is, would you do it? And, you know, we're going to come to a place right now where we can just simply pray for you, uh, where we can... Uh, minister the Holy Spirit to you that you can receive a fresh joy for your life. If you want to come up, we'd love to pray for you uh, and bless you as you go out into this week. Kyler, come on up. Would you lead us in, in song as we stand and as we sing? If you're in need, won't you come forward?